That's right. It is the morning show right here on ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 AM. Joining our already live audience over there on social media platforms known as Facebook Live, Periscope TV, YouTube Live, and LinkedIn Live. We're glad to have you with us on today's show. We're going to be talking a little bit later on to Eugenia, and I hope I got this right because she's Russian, Kuzmina, Kuzmina. And I have a feeling... I may have gotten it wrong, but I'm sure she will correct us on that as well. You will see her in the latest films of The Gentleman, Bad Moms, and so much more. She's an actress, model, comedian, uh, three-peat superstar over there. We'll be talking to her around the corner about the latest in her life as well as much, much more. Also, we've got Mr. Uh, Jesse Sanchez over there. Good morning, Jesse. Good morning. Uh, so obviously there's a lot going on in the world and uh, my question to you is, uh, what's the latest? Uh, good thing. I'm, I'm just so excited. I'm waiting for movie theaters to open up, but then like, I'm kind of scared. Like, do I have the courage to go back into a movie theater? So Ooh, that's a good question. I, I look drive-ins is I think the next best step do the drive-in route first and then uh, wait for it to because you know what we're, I, here's what I remember I remember in China China they did this they released like okay we're it's like release the Kraken right yeah and all of a sudden everybody was back to the way it was in China and then I think it took about three maybe four weeks and all of a sudden they said yeah no and then they closed it right back down so I don't know if it's like a fun experience to have is it kind of like because I'll, I'll be honest when I went down to downtown Disney I was a bit like it was a little creepy because some of the places were was closed. I'm not taking anything away from it. It was a fun day when we, we, we had it. But at the same time, certain stores being closed or certain ways that you have to like be in close proximity, it takes away the normalcy of it. And it goes like it's it's kind of it's like driving down. Yesterday, I drove down the highway um, in L.A. because I had to go uh, make a couple of calls. And I all of a sudden realized that the majority of businesses that I was going by were all either closed or closing. And then I thought about each and every movie I've ever seen, like not necessarily Resident Evil, but you, you know which ones I'm talking about, which are like the the world is going down the drain. Look, do you know what I'm talking about, Jesse? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I had a little bit of a moment there and I was like, uh, I'm not liking this feeling right now. But then I had to shake it off get to what I needed to get to and remember life is worth living and no matter how odd things are going in your life speaking of which we got somebody who has a lot of really cool technologies and these things you can use no matter what uh, some of them are very life-saving uh, potentially life-saving others are just feel-good fun times joining us right now is Joel Prevo of Prevo Partners over there good morning welcome to the show Joel good morning thanks for having me it's good to be back yeah, you know what? Look, I understand you've got, uh, of course, technology that we've been waiting for. Uh, and I understand when it comes to the headset generation, there's been a lot of questions as to which ones are the best. Can you break it down for me? Yeah, well, everyone's getting ready to go back to school. In some cases, they're already back to school. And uh, across the country, people are dealing with um, the decision to either do hybrid models where there's kind of a part at home, part at school. And some people are doing full distance learning. Regardless, your chances are you're going to need to uh, set up your case up with uh, tech. Uh, they can manage their workload uh, for school in a way that is you know, effective and 
and um, and that they can focus on their schoolwork. So headphones are a big part of that. Oftentimes you have a, a parent working at home as well, or you have two kids competing for sound, and uh, everyone needs to be able to listen to their schoolwork and 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 focus on their stuff. So the the decision about um, headphones can be tough only because there there's some really costly options out there, and of course they're probably going to be really high quality, but not everybody has. Uh, the funds to drop hundreds of dollars per headset per kid. So first first step is to decide, do you want over-the-ear headphones for noise cancellation or do you just want um, like earbuds that go in? And the, that just depends on your preference uh, in terms of do you need the noise cancellation or not. Um, if you're looking for over-the-ear headphones that aren't going to cost you like, um, you know, say some of the more expensive brands out there, uh, there's a really good option for kids. It's the ZVOX, so ZVOX voice clarifying noise canceling Bluetooth headphones. Um, and those are uh, $70 on Amazon. And not that that's cheap, but they're a good quality headphone uh, for a lot less than many of them out there. And, uh, and you're untethered when you're Bluetooth, which is nice. Some, some people uh, wonder what's the big deal about having that cord, and, and, and maybe it's not, depending on your situation. But for the people who want those um, untethered headphones, sometimes it's nice just to be able to stand up. Uh, kids, if they're having a lot of screen time, um, I know my oldest, uh, he can hardly sit down for a meal. He wants to stand up and eat his, his meals. So it's okay to just... Uh, uh, maybe step up and, and still be doing your schoolwork, but be able to move around. Um, if you don't need the noise cancellation, there's a really good uh, in-the-ear earbud option that isn't going to cost you the 179 for AirPods from Apple. Um, and it's the Jaybird Terra Blue Wireless Sport. And um, it's waterproof, sweatproof. Uh, you know, keep in mind, kids are going to take them out when they don't need them, and they're going to put them on the table and they're going to spill something. And, and so even if it's not for a workout, because they were, you know, really kind of focused on for exercise, they work really well for kids in that regard, too. So it's a, it's another option from a lot of the mainstream stuff you see out there. And those are $50 and they're going to be really high quality um, earbuds as well. Well, and I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned, uh, you know, affordable because I am one of the very few people that want to kick myself because I originally got the beats because I was like, man, these are awesome, right? And I remember getting a recommendation, get the beats. And 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 that was when the quality was really good. Evidently, I guess they sold it and then the quality went down is what I was told. But at the same time, I think I dropped a good 180 bucks for my first pair. And then I lost them at the movie theater. I uh, literally just left it, I guess, on the counter. And those are the type of things where when somebody picks up, they go, score, it's, it's my birthday, right? And so I I could, I never found it, obviously. I was hopeful. I remember going back going, did you guys get, like, I could just see one of the employees going, no, we didn't get it, <laughs> right, you know? And, and then, so then I went back and I, I bought another pair. This time I'm thinking I'm going to be really good. I made it like a red color, so, you know, easy to see. Easy. And then all of a sudden, within maybe two days, those were gone. And I was like, I just can't, I can't buy these things, Joel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, and, and kids are tough on stuff. They're going to lose things and, and, you know, break things, not because they're um, trying to, but just, it's just natural. They're, they're dealing with a lot of stuff too. And I know I broke plenty of things when I was a kid. Uh, and so the investment matters if you're going to have to reinvest in it too. So they're, they're no different than, than you losing your stuff at the movie theater. So it's, uh, it's a good lesson for all of us. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather drop 50 bucks than 180 twice. That could, right. you know what I could have done with that? I could have bought an 
Xbox or a PlayStation coming up. Okay, uh, Joel, uh, obviously, you know, look, the kids at home, being more at home, obviously that has got to be a straining on any relationship and or family just because usually you're used to sending them off to school, but now they're always home and now sleep patterns are thrown off. Do you have anything to help the kids? Yeah, well, uh, on top of that, they're, they're going to have more screen time and that can really take its toll on a person's eyes. And uh, I've dealt with some light sensitivity recently on a personal level. And so I was researching some things and then this popped up for me about uh, the added screen time for kids um, can really be cause a lot of eye strain. And so there are, there are glasses that uh, filter out the blue light for kids or for adults. There's, there were actually, I was looking into this stuff for myself and um, they're called the, the Swanwick uh, Suns or they have different, you know, uh, sleep. They call one, one uh, is the sleep. And it's something you'd wear during the day or during the evening if you're on screen time or if you're gonna be out in the sun. It's not, um, they, have, they have a whole wide range of options, but they have some specifically for kids and there's some fun colors. And uh, it's something to think about that if your kid is going to have to be on that screen for a, an extended amount of time, uh, it can really save the strain on their eyes to just filter out that blue uh, blue light. Uh, there are also settings on computers and screens a lot of times that you can filter that out. I know most of the phones mm -hmm. now, you can switch it to evening mode and it, you know, it gives it that kind of yellow color instead of the yeah. blue. Um, these glasses will do that for you regardless. So depending on what device they're on or if they're getting a school product that doesn't do that for them, uh, this is a good option for, for kids to consider. Yeah, I, I will say uh, I, I discovered that on my iPhone. And for anybody that has a problem going to sleep, I noticed the huge difference. And sometimes and my eyes have always been very light sensitive. I could always like when there's fluorescent lights, my eyes, I could feel the strain, if that makes any sense. And people often go, why are you in a dark room? I go, because my eyes can rest. Uh, otherwise, when there's a, a, a large fluorescent light going on, um, typically like I, I get headaches, I get the like, but especially with the iPhones, when I discover this feature, it goes on at a certain time, whatever you want. So when you want to start getting ready for bed, even though you're looking at your iPhone, the yellow light, you, I feel the strain go from like, I didn't know there was strain. And then all of a sudden I see it switch. Like it's 10 o'clock. I have mine going on at 10 o'clock. It goes from the blue light to the yellow light. And I'm like, Oh, I feel so much like calmer. Yeah. It's weird, but it works. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And, and it, I think it can really um, help someone get to sleep and help them stay asleep because yeah. uh, really important piece. And I know like Ariana Huffington has done a ton of research on obviously sleep. And that's one of the things is getting the device put away. Uh, but at least when you when you lead into the evening to switch, switch that light is a good segue into uh, getting your, your mind ready for rest and your eyes relaxed. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, getting ready, we got to get ready for COVID because it's yeah. here. Uh, obviously to stay for quite some time until we figure out how to get rid of it. But but I understand there's some cool technology that's allowing for people either to be more safe than others and or just maybe all of us will want some of these in our life. Yeah, so wearables are a big part of our life, obviously. Um, many people are wearing a Fitbit or an Apple Watch, but wearables have really come into play when it comes to um, trying to manage COVID in a variety of ways. So there are... Um, uh, there's something called Fever Guard from Solos Health Technology. And it's, you know, we talked about that with uh, glasses and cameras can, can pick up uh, um, the temperature of the people around you. But Fever Guard is something you would wear to monitor your own. Uh, and it learns your patterns of your 
uh, your personal um, you know temperature. So you know there's this kind of misnomer that everyone is the eight point six. That's the net uh, temperature, and that, that's not actually true. We're all a little bit different. Kids are different. Um, you can have spikes throughout the day, and that's natural. But you have a pattern to those things based on your activity and what you do. And so this this uh, wearable would kind of learn your pattern, and hmm. then would pick up on the um, the exceptions and start to say, okay, this isn't normal, and this is a this is outside the norm. And then would give you alerts to say you might be getting a fever and catch it super super early. And so again, like so many of these things that are being that are coming to light about for you know for COVID purposes, they apply to any illness. You know, fever is, is is a symptom of a lot of things. So wearing this wearable could really catch an illness early, uh, whether it's with your kid or yourself. And uh, with the, the fact that COVID is so highly contagious, early detection is obviously really important for someone who is symptomatic, so that you can. Um, minimize your exposure to other people and, and, and try to stop the spread. So that's one wearable that's um, gotten uh, some uh, some attention because some of the uh, people who are really trying to watch this, especially with kids going back to school, you're trying to monitor, okay, we know I'm out of the year, you put the same checks at the plate, and so that's out there. All right, we're having a little bit of a trouble with your, with your connection. It's, tag and so like uh oh am i back i don't want to be you're like max headroom right now it's great oh, folks no. <laughs> so, can you hear me now yeah yeah we got you uh but before before we let you go look i i understand there's a lot of cool stuff out there uh people that want to follow you how do they follow you what's the best way to get a hold of you yeah uh, i'm on twitter uh joel prevo at joel prevo and uh you can use the hashtag tech talk with joel Always happy to answer questions, research products or, or solutions, and keep the conversation going uh, anytime. So looking forward to it. All right, thank you very much. For those of you that like remember the '80s, it was it was it was it was a good show. I don't know if you remember that. That's all, folks. Uh. <laughs> okay, people. Well, we gotta let you. Uh, thank you, Joel, for spending time with us. Many blessings to you and your family, and uh, keep COVID free. Okay. Thanks, Aaron. You too. All right. We got to take a quick break here. We've got to regroup. We got some top stories coming up uh, down the news chain. We'll talk about just after these messages. Stay tuned. right it is the morning show right here on abc news radio kmet 1490 am rebroadcasting to our social media audience streaming live around the world we've got quite a few people tuning in as well we've got india in the house we've got switzerland in the house we've got uh uk europe in the house let us know where you're tuning in from if you're all listening over the radio headlines there just uh, follow us on all social media platforms facebook instagram twitter just look for my name, Aaron M. Sanchez. You'll find it, and you get to chat with our Breakfast Club, our regular Breakfast Club members over there as well. Um, some of the latest headlines right here, uh, like this one. Uh, states are reporting COVID cases linked to a Sturgis rally. For those of you that don't know, that actually is a motorcycle rally, which I saw and I thought, oh, that should be fine. I don't see what would be the problem there. 
But according to this, at least 100 coronavirus cases in eight states are believed to be linked to the 10-day motorcycle event earlier this month. That's according to the Associated Press. South Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Nebraska, Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, and Washington state health departments all have reported cases. Republican Governor Kristi Noem, who's slated to speak at the Republican National Convention, supporting, uh, supported hold, holding the rally in her state. She tweeted this. She goes, we are not and will not be the subjects of an elite class of so-called experts. We, the people, are the government. Did she just say we're... Did, okay. Uh, a patron who visited multiple bars in Sturgis, as well as a tattoo shop employee, tested positive for COVID-19. That's according to the South Dakota Health Department. The health department told ABC News said this, quote, currently 40 cases have been reported to the South Dakota Department of Health related to the Sturgis rally. This includes three out of state cases that were not identified or notified of because those cases had close contact with the South Dakota resident. On August 7th, the opening day of the rally, South Dakota had roughly 9,000 COVID-19 cases. By August 26, positive cases had risen to 11,500. Look, um, I don't know which side of the aisle you're on, Jesse, but whenever we had, like, all of throw caution to the wind, we knew there was going to be a spike afterwards, right? Yeah, we all knew there was going to be a spike after Sturgis. Come on. Come on. Yeah. yeah. I, and you know what? I I don't think it was them necessarily being on the motorcycles. I just think it was the Mass after. Huddling. Yeah, like, you know, when you get off the motorcycle and then you just kind of talk and you just kind of like, you know, hey, how's things? It's nice weather out here. And, and I know because uh, yesterday I had to move my, my mom uh, out of this house and, and into, you know, where she needs to be. Uh, and and so, you know, I was I was moving some of her, her stuff there and I was like, do I want to wear a face mask? Nobody's here. Nobody's like surrounding me. So I was like, you know, huffing and puffing outside in the sun, which it was already pretty hot. And I thought, well, I, I should be fine as long as I don't come in contact with anybody. But uh, but I think that's just the norm for the many of us. Right. So uh, so there you go. So be careful out there. But whenever there's a big event, don't throw caution to the wind. Just remember, things are still uh, quite fresh. Uh, and then there is this, this story as well. Um, Europe is going back to the school despite virus surge. Yes, you Europeans. A mother and her three children scanned the school supplies in a Paris supermarket, plucking out multicolored fountain pens, crisp notebooks, and plenty of masks. Despite resurgent coronavirus infections, those similar scenes are unfolding across Europe as a new school year dawns. European authorities are determined to put children back into classrooms to narrow the learning gaps between haves and have-nots that deepen during lockdowns and to get their parents back to work. Facing a jump in virus cases, authorities in France, Britain, Spain, and elsewhere are imposing mask rules, hiring extra teachers, and building new uh, desks. While the U.S. back-to-school saga has been politicized and chaotic, uh, of course, uh, European governments have faced less of an uproar. Uh, even though the virus has invaded classrooms in recent days from Berlin to Seoul, some teachers and parents warned that their schools are not ready. European leaders from the political left, right and center are sending, of course, a consistent message. Even in a pandemic, children are better off in class, which I say, <laughs> do you guys have kids? Seriously. Um, so there you go. I, look, I, I, here's what I say. OK, look for another five weeks. If there's all of a sudden a close down. You heard it here first, folks. All right, people, we got to take a quick break. We'll be back right after these messages with actress, comedian, and woo, multi-talented right after these messages. Stay tuned.
That's right. It is the morning show right here on ABC News Radio, KMET, 1490 AM. Joining our already live audience there, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube Live, and LinkedIn. Joining me right now in the wings over there is, of course, uh, and not only an actress, not only a comedian, not only, um, let's see, a fashion model, but more importantly, she is a mom living during COVID-19 and much, much more. Joining me right now is very own Eugenia Kuzmina. Good morning. Welcome to the show, Eugenia. Hello. Good morning, Aaron and everyone. Really happy to be here with you this morning. Yes, well, you know, we're happy to have you here. Look, I was checking out your pretty cool website over there, Model Mom TV, and I understand you are putting your child, uh, not in harm's way, but you're actually putting your child quite first, and I understand it's kind of difficult doing all the things that you've been doing in your life. Can you tell me what the transition was like for you, especially to say, look, I want to put my child first in my life, and then I'm going to also go ahead and still do what I need to do in order to pursue the career I need to pursue? For sure. Um, you know, I started modeling pretty early. Since I was 13, I was definitely a professional professional model, flying from one place to another and really focusing on my career, working with Ford Models, IMG, you know, kind of being at the top of the game. And career, this type of career definitely involves a lot of, um, you have to be accessible and available every day. You never know what's going to happen next day. Um, and it is like being a top athlete. And definitely being a mom is a 180-degree uh, change. You know, that happened by accident in my life because my doctor said I could never have kids. So I decided to have two <laughs> in the middle of my career. And um, it was a definitely conscious decision, um, even though I was scheduled to go and shoot for all this amazing covers, like in you know, magazines, I decided my family has to come first, um, because I've been since um, 15 years old on my own, so family definitely was a priority. And it was a big change, you know, I uh, still had contracts, I worked through my pregnancy, I worked with Gap and, you know, JCPenney and Target, different kind of companies, and then um, came right back because I had still contracts to fulfill with L'Oreal and other, um, you know, brands. So I was really excited to come back three months after on a plane with my baby between L.A. and New York every week. And, um, you know, I noticed things change because, of course, you know, when you have like a three-month-old, it's hard for companies to trust you that tomorrow you won't cancel your job to go to China and mm -hmm. then Paris. And that's what started to happen. Like I had to keep on top of the game and I thought I was falling apart. You know, I had to really come with some priorities and, um, you know, find a new kind of healthy way of working and being there for my child. And I didn't have any places to kind of consult or ask how other women were doing that. So I decided to start a platform, Model Mom TV, just to share stories and kind of interview other women who are really passionate about their work and didn't want to give it up, and ask them how they were doing that with motherhood. Um, so that's how it started, and I realized that that strive for perfection and always, you know, being on top was probably something that I had to give up in order to really live a fulfilling life and accept help and being imperfect and being late and sometimes, you know, giving up some of my passions for my kids. So it, it definitely taught me a lot just, having this platform and having a community of 
other people's and blood. Eugenia, you can't go wrong when you put family first in this way, right? I, I here, I, and I've seen this much in in the career of of many friends, and and I have a lot of. Um, actress friends and model friends. And, and I say, usually the moms that are in this career have a harder time typically than their male counterparts. And what I mean by that is, usually the moms are so much more present doing everything and then some, especially when you say just months old, of course, you've got the nursing situation, which guys, I don't care how much you think you're present, you are not gonna give milk in that way anytime soon. Absolutely, you know, it's definitely a struggle, but I feel, even in Los Angeles right now, there are working women who are creating all these clubs around town, like a working club, where you can come with your baby and keep working and also have like a nursing place and things like that. So I think it's definitely really exciting to see a lot of changes happening and, you know, having communication about that and is the key. Well, let's talk about your career as well, because I understand uh, there's a couple movies that I've been wanting to see, including uh, The Gentleman, which I understand you've been a part of, as well as much, much more like Dirty Grandpa, Fury, and Isn't It Romantic, including Bad Moms. Can you tell me what that journey has been like? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, The Gentleman is an incredible film. I'm actually really proud going back to Russia after 11 years, and it opened number one um, right before the pandemic. It's it's a really funny film. It was really a pleasure to work with Guy. I have a cameo, but I was surrounded by all these incredible actors, and, you know, just being on the set is, you know, it's a gift. Definitely watching how Guy works, and every director is very different. Um, and, and again, just for those listening, she's talking about Guy Ritchie, not just a guy, <laughs> the guy, right? Yes, exactly. Does he ever take issue with that when you say, like, or he's just like, yeah, I'm Guy, I'm Guy. Like, <laughs> No, he's, he's incredibly talented and, you know, really generous director with his actors and everybody on set and just has such a visionary. Um, it was fun. I just saw a Spy City TV show with Dominique Cooper. Um, it's still going to come out soon. It's a mini series and it's all about spies, you know, in the 60s. Uh, did my own stunts. Dominique is incredible. He's Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me back up. Hold on, hold on. Whenever somebody says they do their own stunts, I go, are you crazy? Because I've done some stunts and I messed up my leg once. And I was just walking in a store. So I, I got to imagine, what kind of stunts are you talking about there? Um, well, Dominic had to break a bottle over my neck. So that's was oh, the well, first okay. one. That's <laughs> normal. Yeah, I was kind of worried, but I didn't know they make all those bottles out of sugar. It still hurts, but we practiced a lot before. And... Of course, there are stunt coordinators who are ready to jump in any time. Um, but I love doing my stunts. I worked a lot with Sam Hargrave, who, um, you know, is the director of Extinct. Right now, a film on on uh, Netflix. You can check it out. One of the best action films of this year. Um, so I practiced a lot before that. Also with Taryn Tactical, who trained, um, you know, Keanu for John Wick. They're incredible. Wait, wait, wait. I got to stop you there. I, I'm going to go into the tactical range soon myself, by the way. Any any tips? Because I'm ready to, like, do every gun out there. But is there a gun that you like the most now? Uh, they do their own guns, which John Wick uses in his film. So, um, you oh. know, they definitely know what they're doing, and I, I am trusting them because it's not something that I do every day just for a specific project, but, you know, of course you want to be as professional as you can, and it's really fun. They make it really easy and safe for you. Well, I, 
I'm going to need to get your uh, your info's info because I, I I need to learn from the best. But look, Eugenie, I understand you you. I mean, you're like a, a I guess a five P person. You're a good entrepreneur. You're doing things from your heart. You're trying to give uh, women and mo mothers and their careers a, a platform, which I which I love. Again, for those tuning in, you can check it out modelmom.tv. Uh, but I, and then you're an actress and comedian extraordinaire. Are you going to be performing anytime soon? Or Actually, is that just not yes. a thing right now? Yes. You know, I just performed a drive-in show, which is quite popular. It's a late-night dr uh, drive-in show, and uh, they partner with different hotels around town. So we did it with Andes West Hollywood, which is next to the Comedy Store. And there's a lot of cars who drive in, and then there's a live stage and a projector. And it was just really incredible, you know, because I, I really missed that connection. Of course, I didn't know how to do a live show to, you know, a, a lot of cars, but it worked out perfectly. People were blinking and actually sitting, like, outside their car, but with social distancing. And I feel, you know, we all crave that connection more than anything in a safe way. So that, that's really, that was really fun. Um, and, you know, we do sometimes virtual shows and waiting for our tour to come back and go to Chicago and New York next spring. Wow. Well, you know what? I, I congratulate you on all of your work, Eugenie. I, I know we got to let you go. I know we're on a, a time break here, but but I do have a question before we let you go. Obviously, you have been able to um, excel in places that others only dream of. And what I mean by that is I know and have quite a few model friends. However, they all want to pivot into other, uh, you know, whatever their love is. So I guess my main question for you is, if you had to take away one thing from your life, which one could you actually never take away from your life? Um, I mean, I would say compassion and curiosity, uh, those two things that motivate me every day to learn new skills. And whenever you want to change your career or do something new, it's all about the skills, you know. So if you're open to, you know, to go back and, like, be open to new opportunities you can always you can always do that yeah i i agree and i appreciate you thank you very much for spending time with us i'm gonna go check out the gentleman starring you and so many others i mean there's a whole list of people in there did you get to like you know powwow with anybody um, i know that's kind of like a thing you don't do but you know i i mean michelle dockery most of that because she was my co-star but definitely, I saw Matthew there, and, um, you know, when he Again, was Matthew working. McConaughey, people, if you <laughs> don't know who she is. She's, she's on a first-name basis with these people, just saying. <laughs> um, yeah, so I saw them working, and it was very incredible and inspiring to see, you know, how professional, like, actors do it who started many years ago. Well, I, I'm looking forward to seeing your uh, next role. Stay, uh, definitely stay in touch. We, we, you always have an open seat here on the morning show. Thank you for spending time with us here on the morning show. Thank you, Aaron, and everybody. Have a beautiful morning. Absolutely. All right. And if you guys haven't checked it out, go check it out. It was uh, a pretty big budget film over there, uh, but you can check it out. The Gentleman. I've been wanting to rent this for quite some time, and now let me just put it this way. I think I got to go do it with us. Of course, uh, director Guy Ritchie, which is an amazing director. Uh, Charlie Hunnam, uh, Matthew McConaughey, and Colin Farrell, Michelle Dockery, and so many more. Again, if you haven't had a chance to go check that out, Hugh Grant's in it. Uh, there's just a whole list of names, including uh, yours truly, Eugenia Kuzmina, and you can go follow her on her website. Again, modelmom.tv. Support her. 
and uh, help her out. And, you know, sometimes people forget that sometimes their support, lending them themselves support helps build an audience for people to work like that. And sometimes it's just, it's just a follow. You have people and, and films and everything uh, do really do appreciate that. Okay, people, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back right after these messages with more. That's right. It is the morning show right here on ABC News Radio, KMT, 1490 AM. Joining our live audience there, Facebook, Periscope, YouTube, and LinkedIn. If you're just joining us and you didn't get to hear that great interview with Eugenia Kuzmina, you can definitely do so. Uh, just check it out on our SoundCloud and or Facebook, and you can check out the entire um, program. What, what I enjoyed about that interview is what I see often in in mothers, whether they be married and or single, that they can pull it all together, admittedly. So I, I have a good friend who lives in, in Vegas. Shout out to Rosie Mercado, who uh, reminds me of, of this woman because – just like her, she has several kids, by the way. And although she has help with her oldest uh, daughter, it's it was never easy. I remember when life was and and shout out to Rosa Mercado, who can be seen on uh, the doctors now. Uh, but we go way back so far back that I remember her going from Las Vegas to L.A. and then right back to Las Vegas, which for those of you that don't know the the time frame on that, that's a typical four hour drive one way. So she would leave Las Vegas, go to an opportunity, and then head straight back. And then she, at the time, she had like three different side businesses. She was just everywhere. Uh, originally met her from uh, Curvy Girls. She was on that show on Nouveau TV back when Nouveau TV was around. And back to Eugenia, I, I don't know Eugenia's personal full story, but I do know Whenever you talk to these women that are are strong powerhouses, it's not like life is ever perfect. It's not like life is always, uh, you know, which I, I know there are those on the outside that go, oh, they have it easy. Everything is handed to them. Oftentimes, it's exactly the opposite. Rarely do they have time for themselves. Rarely do they have time uh, just for life. They are so busy tending to the family, putting food on the table, and so much more. Yeah, gotta give respect. Respect is due. Uh, so, but I think if anything, what I always appreciate about these women and or men that are also in the same position is that they always put the family first, no matter what. Uh, and and that you can definitely see in her and also what she shared with us as well. So I think if that's a lesson, that should be a lesson, especially during COVID nineteen. Always put the family first. Always put your loved ones first. I remember talking, well, not really talking, but discussing this very subject about some who are kids who grow up as with very busy family members. And what I mean by that, no matter what career they're in, it could be film, it could be TV, it could be music, it could be a business, it could be putting food on the table for the family, it could be a lot of things. And yet oftentimes during the formula, formula, form, formulative years, sometimes the one or both could be completely amiss of that child growing up and needing them in that current time. So uh, again, a, a shout out to all the working parents, all the the, the men, women, and of course, uh, sometimes the aunts and the uncles, the grandparents who pitch in as well. I know there's a lot of different cultures out there, and oftentimes in many cultures, uh, families band together to make things work, which again is not easy, especially during COVID-19. You've got people now which are 
let's face it, even less time because the kids can't go to school. Uh, and, and I get it. It's, it's a strain on the whole family. You know, the kids want to play around, get out. And then, of course, they do. But you got to do so safely and not always with other ones because you don't know who's practicing social distancing. So, again, we really need to get through this together and quick and fast. And so that's what I would ask the government to jump on a little bit more than just the rhetoric. But uh, there you go. And then for countries that are throwing caution in the wind, here's what I say to all of you. Watch out. You really should watch how other ones have done it and then end up going back to the way it was. I get it. It's a nice little reprieve, but at what cost? Why don't we minimize it or reduce it significantly? And you know what? Why don't we take the downtime and say, let's get the technologies in place to be able to help each and every business to A, get back to the way it was and B, get the employees back to working because that needs to happen. That should be first and foremost. Uh, education, a strong second. I 100% agree. But you know what? Take advantage of all that technology has to offer. Here's what I would say. Any government out there and or uh, institution, start providing reduced classes. I mean, let's face it. You don't have the same bills typically that you would have running a university. Or are you still paying those bills? Is that why you're charging a lot of money? Because here's what I say. People could barely pay the rent. And I know there's a lot of you out there. If you could barely pay the rent and or put food on the table, education comes in a dead last. So why don't we take this time and invest in the technologies that we already know are there and offer these curriculum, many of which I would venture to say is simple online. Is it for everybody? No. But do you think that maybe high schoolers and or people that could go to college right now would probably take advantage of the majority of it? I would venture to say yes. So um, look. If you are in President Trump's ear or Biden's ear or any of their administration, why don't you put that down on the table? When China, well, back in 19, I think mid-1970s, China was at a very desolate position. They were almost considered a third world country. Yet at that point in time, one of their big leaders at the time says, you know, what? I'm going to go around the world, get out of our own bubble that we have helped create. Uh, let's face it, China helped create their own bubble. This is true. But one of the very smart leaders actually went out and went to Europe, went to other countries that were developing at a very uh, amazing level. And instead of saying, you know what, how dare all of you, we know how to do things better. He actually said this, you know what, we need to implement a curriculum to our own people and we're going to have people tested all across China. And I'm sure not all of them applied, but those that did that scored very high on the curriculum, they actually gave free education and or reduced education, from what I understand, to those that could not afford it. So here's my challenge to each and every one of you ready to vote and put your hearts on the line. Has anybody talked about that during this pandemic? Have they at least said, look, why don't we take the time? The technology is there. Why don't we say to all the universities, since you don't have to pay the big leases, or are you still paying the big leases, which I understand, but then minimize, right? How many families have minimized right now? How many businesses have closed down and or shut down just to minimize their exposure, financially speaking, right? Then minimize universities. You guys have had such big universities for so long paying the big bills. I get it. You're trying to make a lot of money to be able to pay your university teachers. But guess what? What if you could offset that? What if you could pay a little bit more to the university teachers and or professors, but still offer the curriculum, still offer the certificate, and be able to get more people educated during this unfortunate downturn of events? Maybe uh, provide stuff with pe that people are actually going to get a job with? You know what? Look. 
I get it. A lot of people go to college and they pay for a lot of stuff, a lot of curriculums, a lot of stuff that they'll never end up making a dime on and or reduced amount. I have a good friend who went to college to become a social worker. Do you know how much a social worker makes starting off, Jesse? Um, hmm. Well, judging by how you're asking me, I'm guessing 30K. Oh, you're so close. Yeah. And you know how much it costs just to go to college for that? About almost. Well, it depends where you go to college, to be honest. But, you know, it could be it could be anywhere from almost a little bit more than that. But how do you pay that down? That's barely enough to be able to put food on the table. Right. Thirty thousand. Let's let's take the math to be able to pay rent, to be able to pay for basics, life's necessities. And that's just for one person. That's if they don't have a family. Right. So here is a career which is meant to do more good, right? Social workers typically do a lot of good for those that are put in their stead. And yet at the same time, the amount of cost to be able to pay that back is significantly underrated. Now, in order to get a bump in your salary as a social worker, you have to almost get a master's degree in order to get close to $50,000, by the way. Now, you're thinking about the cost of that. You understand why I've always said our educational school system or educational system really needs to be revamped. I feel it's been long overdue. So why don't the educational people at the very top say this? Say, how can we make this work? How can we put, A, people back to work, do so safely, and do so utilizing all the technologies that we have? Plus, let's make it... Instead of a foolish errand, because let's face it, the younger generation are viewing it as, am I going to make money online or am I going to make things digitally or am I going to make money if I go and practice a career in, oh, I don't know, uh, phlebotomy, right? Healthcare, for example. Healthcare at an all-time high. Uh, those things need to be done in person, right? I don't want you testing on yourself phlebotomy. I want you to go into class. So obviously, I'm not saying everything should be virtual, but let's reduce, let's take some of the universities that have done it right and are being successful at it. Say, look, for those particular careers that need hands-on, we reduce to just those and we do so safely. We implement safety protocol, we do so social distancing, we wipe down our counters, our areas, and we only do it for when we need it, but then the other times we can do it when we don't need it. A lot of it's textbook, let's face it. Textbook, training, uh, uh, listening, right? And then you got the hands-on experience. So why don't you minimize that? And you know what? Take a pay cut. Why not? We're all taking a pay cut. I don't know about half of you, but I would imagine everybody is taking some type of pay cut and or trying to save their monies. Okay, people, well, I'm out of time here on the radio show, but I want to say thank you to each and every one of you. Thanks for following me on social media. And again, make it a great day, whatever you do. Remember, sometimes you just got to think outside the box in order to make it work for all of us. I'm not talking about socialism. I'm just talking about, you know, doing the right thing. Okay, people, love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow right here on The Morning Show.